0: Well, hey there, mamas. I hope that you're doing great today and that you are starting 2021 the way that you wanted to and that you're able to show up the way that you want to and that you've been able to spend some time thinking about what you want to accomplish this year, the kind of mom you want to be, the kind of wife you want to be, what dreams you want to pursue. That's what I'm wishing for you today. I'm super excited for this episode. I know I say that every time, but I'm always equally as excited about episodes where I get to spend an hour talking to another mom. And today I get to bring you the episode with Amanda Keeler. Amanda is in children's ministry at our church and just has such a fun personality and ambition for life. She is an Enneagram 8, and she is also the spouse to a police officer, and also um, works through blended family life. Uh, Her and her husband have a daughter together, and then she has what she calls a bonus son um, from his first marriage, and so I talk with her today about all the things, and I'm just excited for you to hear her heart and hear her struggle as a mom and also about her faith. So thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan
1: podcast. Well good afternoon Amanda. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me
2: and I love when I just get to have a few moments to sit down and talk with a friend and a fellow mama
1: right? We don't get to do that very often. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, before we dive in here, can you just kind of tell listeners a little bit about um, who you are and your family and what you do? Sure. Um,
2: My name is Amanda, and uh, my husband Derek and I have been married um, for about 10 years, actually, um, but together for 14. And um, I have a bonus son, who is 16 and getting ready to take his first driving test. So please be praying and look out if you're in our area. <laughs> um, and then I have Everly, who is eight and into all things musical and everything like that. But um, I work at Long Hollow Baptist Church in the children's ministry. And um, I'm a creative manager there. So I take care of All of the um, online content and episodes for kids and anything to do with large group and music and all of that.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a big, big job and especially online content with like COVID and everything the past year. And so let's kind of jump into that of like the past year, obviously you work full time um, in ministry at the church. And so sort of this idea of just adapting and figuring things out, talk through kind of what, um, this last year has kind of like meant as far as like your journey in being a full-time ministry.
2: Cool. Um, this, um, past year has just kind of turned our world upside down and Mm -hmm. it's made us completely rethink how we do ministry and how we can, Um, how we can reach people and there have been really low lows and really high highs. And I will say just like all moms, right? Like we were figuring out how not to just work from home, um, but to all of a sudden become teacher to um, continue to have house duties and just continue life. And so I think at first I completely, and just full transparency, burned myself out. Mm -hmm. Um, There were moments where I was like, oh man, we have to be on social media all the time. And, um, we have to be able to reach our kids and our families and we have to be on zoom calls with them. And we have to be, we just, we just have to keep going. You know, we, we can't stop. We have to um, keep reaching our families and letting them know that we're there for them. And, um, in doing that, and while I think that is so important, I quickly learned um, what the word burnout meant. Yeah. And I didn't just mean from ministry, but I meant from, man, I just... I'm an eight on an Enneagram, if you're into that. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that means anything I do, I go 100%. Yep. And yep. I realized is... I I couldn't go 100%, Um, but, you know, every day we were trying to come up with ways as a team that we could collectively be reaching families, but also maintain our lifestyle of being a mom and this new journey of trying to teach our kids and and honestly still, like, not want to go in a closet and cry at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. Mm um which happened a lot in the right. first month. <laughs> Let's be real. Yes, but um yeah, so I think it brought challenges, but I think it opened a lot of um doors for us also to learn how to have grace with ourselves yeah. and I think it taught us how in ministry um you know, we can depend upon our parents. We can really give them tools that are necessary to disciple their children at home, and they can do it, and they want to do it. And so instead of thinking that we have to provide all of this content and just things that constantly are pointing them um, to the Lord, which is important, and we do need to do that, but more that we could um, be working with our parents and give them tools to help you know their children
1: yeah absolutely no okay, I think my
2: dad barkley back, barking you're in the fine
1: <laughs> I feel like too and I don't know if you felt this way but it was like the moment that this happened it was like the pinterest gods like immediately like downloaded like homeschooling, mom, perfection, schedule, all the things, like, here it is, ready for you. It was like, how do you even have this ready right now? Like, how are there so many things telling me already that I'm failing at something that was so unprecedented? Did you feel that
2: way at all? A hundred percent. And I think that I am very schedule oriented. And so is my daughter. Um, And we are people, people, but my bonus kiddo is an introvert. Yeah. And um, doesn't like a schedule. And so he was living his best life. And so I had some in the family that were super happy and were like, Oh, this is great. More time at home. I'm not going to the office. I'm not doing all this stuff. And then you had me that was like, I don't know how to breathe. Like, I don't know. And, and then when there was the pressure of, do this with your child and, and do this schedule and go this way. And I was like, you know, all those things sound wonderful, but I need to cook dinner and have a zoom meeting and make sure the kids are on their zoom meetings with a math class that I don't understand.
1: Yep, Yeah. There were a lot of moments, you know, from like March to May where I just felt like at one point we're like, making slime and I'm like posting it and somebody's like, wow, you're killing it. And I'm like, I want to drive my car off a cliff. Um, but sure, yes. that's that's some great affirmation. And I, you know, I, in those moments, I, and I think a lot of moms, whether you work in the home or outside the home, probably face this of just like, moms don't get told they're doing a very good job very often. And I feel like when we share stuff on social media, getting that affirmation Is helpful. And that's a lot of times why we share, you know, because we're like, I just want to know I'm doing a good job. I just want to know that my kids aren't going to fall behind miserably. I just want to know, you know, I mean, I don't know if that, if that relates or if you in ministry, if you had other parents who were just feeling like, I just want to know we're going to get through this or we're doing a good job. Um, What sorts of things did you like hear, I guess, from parents during that time too?
2: Yeah. I think a lot of the time, yes, I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of parents, you you know, we had some that were like, Oh man, this is great. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really working from home and all my, my kiddos are, are with us. And yes, it's a challenge, but this is wonderful. And I was a little bit envious and a little bit jealous because, honestly, I didn't always have that feeling. And I wanted that feeling. Mm-hmm. I wanted the feeling of, yes, I'm excited. And, and yes, and I, and I was, and I am so thankful now that God put on my heart, like for you, this time has come so I can slow you down. Mm-hmm. And so I realize giving a hundred all the time, it's okay to not, and it's okay to, um, let your kids see you struggle Mm -hmm. and it's okay to let your kids see you thrive. (laughs) It's, you Mm -hmm. know, you're just real. And, um, I think that there were other parents that have multiple kids that, or just one kid that was like, I have no idea. We don't have internet. I don't even have a computer for my child. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Mm -hmm. And so we definitely saw people walking through, everything. And yeah. I think that's the thing is you you know, you want to jump in and help and you want to be like, okay, well, here's a podcast you can read, or, Hey, here's a book you can read. And
1: mm-hmm.
2: at the end of the day, nobody can really prepare you for the experiences until they happen, yeah. but we can equip ourselves to handle those. Mm-hmm. And I would say that during this time of COVID in this past year, I have leaned more on the Lord mm-hmm. than ever before. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that was more of my takeaway. And that's more what I was guiding families to is just, listen, that's okay that you don't have the answers. That's okay that you don't have internet. There's going to be grace there, but don't think just because you're seeing this on the internet and this is the way that you have to do this, or this is what this person's doing. Like God created you to be the parent of your child. Mm -hmm. You know exactly what your child needs and how they need it more than a Pinterest or a Facebook or anything else that's coming at you right now. And you need to have confidence in who you are and how God created you. And that, that for me, I was speaking to others, but I was speaking to myself as well.
1: I know. I, I get that. You said a couple of things there that I think are really good. I love that you said that the year really forced you to lean on god more because i think i really relate to that i was geared up for just a huge year of sales and all kinds of things professionally and um you know there were several moments where i found myself thinking like man what what would have been happening right now and that that god whispered just came right through of like no i need you to lean on me no <laughs> I need you to trust me. No, I need you to focus on me. And it's brought out one of the biggest, you know, craziest years of my life with a bunch of different things. And so the other thing that you said was, I just wanted to feel that way too. I wanted to be as excited to be at home with my kids as some other people shared. And I think, I think that that's such a thing, Amanda, of like, We think that if we don't feel the way another mom feels, then there must be something wrong with us. (laughs) You know, like, what's wrong with me? I don't love my children as much as Amanda loves her children because she enjoys being with them. And I think it's just important to, to, like, think as moms... We all are different and we all have different strengths in parenting and in motherhood. And just because you may not be ecstatic to be making glitter slime at the kitchen table doesn't mean that you're not a good mom because you have strengths in other areas where someone else may struggle. And that's been a big takeaway for me this year too. Yeah, I think it's
2: important. And I think too, um, a couple of things with that is, You know, Derek would come home and and his job didn't stop. He's um, a police officer, and so his job was very heated and heavy. And that's a whole other layer. But um, you know, he would come home and ask the kids about their day and ask Everly in particular,ly like, "Hey, what did you do?" Whereas I felt I was on Zoom calls all day, and YouTube got her through the day, and I was failing as a mom. You know, she said, Well, I got to hear mom on the Zoom call and they're talking about something that they're going to be doing at church and it sounds really fun. And Mm -hmm. hey, brother um, made lunch with me today and it was great. And hey, on YouTube, I learned how to make some sort of brownie without flour. So if mom (laughs) is trying to diet for the 18th time, this is something we can try together. And so hearing her perspective and my husband asking how my children's day was. And not hearing that I, right. mom didn't get up and make me lunch because she was in a Zoom call or, <laughs> you know, I mean it it changed my perspective mm-hmm. completely. And yeah. with that, I would say I learned to also ask for help from my friends mm. Um and just call a friend and say, man, I haven't been to the grocery store. Do you have this? You're within walking distance. Yeah. And I'm on zoom calls all day and I need one more slice of bread or I need, you know what I mean? Like depending upon my neighbors where we are and depending upon and calling upon friends when I normally would be the one that wants to help them. I don't usually, it's not easy for me to call and ask for help. And yeah. so, um, yeah, God just completely shook me,
1: yeah, I hear that. me. I hear that. I, I had an episode at the end of last year where the guest, um, Allie Kowal, shared something that her boss had shared with her. And it's this idea of what if the opposite were true? And I couldn't help but think of that when you were saying how, you know, Everly was sharing with Derek, well, I learned to do this on YouTube today and I got to make lunch with brother and I heard about what's coming up. It's like sometimes our default is like the negative or our default is feeling like a failure. But what if the opposite were true? What if instead of our kids thinking we were stuck on a computer screen all day, if they were like, mom was doing awesome today. She had like 15 calls, you know, like what if the opposite were true? And that's been something I've kind of walked into 2021 with just challenging myself to ask myself that question.
2: Yeah, that's good. And I don't you know, and I don't think that there's a podcast for that. Like I don't think that there's like a book to read. I think totally. that comes from it happening to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from, you know, when you notice that you're doing that negative thing to turn it around and talk to your kid and ask them, Hey, what what are you thinking about this? or Hey, mom, sorry, like this is a really busy day, but you know, I love you. How are you feeling about today? And yeah. stopping and taking the time to get the people's perspective in your family, um, I can completely change yours, you yeah. know?
1: Absolutely. Well, you mentioned that your husband is a police officer and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it's been a hard year for everyone. Can we just say everyone? <laughs> it's yeah. been a hard year. But yeah. there have been lots of different things um that have made it difficult. I'm sure, for police officers and um, law enforcement and spouses of law enforcement. So can you talk a little bit about what that's been like for you guys, how faith plays a role in that, and just, you know, your outlook? Yeah. um, It's a tough one, and I can't guarantee that I won't get a little
2: emotional. Sure. (laughs) Because we're still working through it. Um, But, yes, it's been a very hard challenging year, um, for a police family and for a police officer, um, you know, we bought a camper over COVID and it's where I spent a lot of my time sometimes in an office kind of, you know, in my driveway. Yes. My camper was just set up in my driveway and I was in there doing work. And, you know, I remember in Nashville when things were happening, I was watching it online because Facebook jumped in and I stopped working for a second and, um, I started seeing things that were happening downtown and Derek was home and he was blowing some leaves and I just remember thinking oh man I'm so glad Derek is not down there and as soon as that thought went into my head his phone rang Mm -hmm. and I remember standing there in the driveway running out as quick as I could out of the camper and realized he's being called in Um, and he's in domestic violence now so he's not on patrol and not normally having to go in for everything and his role is different um and I just remember for the first time in my life of us being together and he's been a police officer for 15 years um just having a crippling darkness fear sure and um He went in and I didn't know where he was. Um, He didn't have his phone. And so all I could do was stay glued to the TV. And um, that was hard. It's hard seeing a coworker that you know is a coworker of your husband's and seeing gasoline poured on him and people coming. And I'm, I understand freedom of speech, and I am for it and I believe that black lives do matter, and I believe in that, and I believe that we are to love all people, and we do <laughs> we love people because that's what God tells us to do, and that's who we are, but to see somebody that loves the Lord so much and before people just have hateful things and be spit on and trying to be lit on fire, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I just remember saying glue to the TV that night. And, you know, my D group and life group women were incredible and they called me, but I just kind of wanted to be left alone. And I just remember crying and getting on my knees and just crying to God and just saying, please let him come home. Like, please let him come home. And, um, 26 hours later he did. And, um, honestly, Nadia, I haven't fully recovered from that.
1: Um,
2: I just prayed the entire night and I stayed up and I tried to guard my kids from it, but then realized that's not the thing to do either. They need to see what's going on. And I want them on their knees praying next to me. And so we did that. And, um, we knew, again, that we had to lean on God more than we ever had before. Um, and what we felt like was a very dark and hard and scary unknown time, but, uh, we leaned in on the Lord and he came home and, and, um, even after that, like my mind just couldn't get rid of it. I was just, I was sad. I was emotional. I was, angry for people saying the mean and hurtful things they were saying about people that were protesting and the mean and hateful things people were saying about officers and working at a church and hearing everybody's opinions. And it was just like, there was so much noise. I just had to figure out something to do. So I I went to a therapist and learned um, some tools to at least help me kind of cancel out the noise Um, because even though I was praying more, I just felt like I was in this dark, deep rut and I didn't want to live there and I didn't want to be there. And, um, I wanted to love all people and I, and I wanted to have good thoughts of people and and Derek came home and he, you know, he was like, it's just part of the job. I don't know why you were so scared. He's like, Mm -hmm. there's a plan and God God has a hedge of protection over us, but it's if it's my time, I know where I'm going.
1: Yeah,
2: And to see him just have that much courage and that much strength in a time that's so scary, but also to see him in his calling be so calm yeah. and to be able to be a light to those around him, you know, those that were scared. He got to pray with people that are not believers, with police officers that, you know, don't go to church and and don't have a church family for the first time he got to sit there and pray with them. Wow. And so a lot came out of
1: that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you know, we, I still have feelings, obviously I'm so sorry. I got emotional. Don't
1: apologize. apologize. Don't apologize. That, that realness is, you know, I think sometimes it's missing. We don't, we don't get to hear, um, that a lot and so i just appreciate your vulnerability vulnerability and, and and sharing because um i think that you know listening to your story it just reminds me that whatever anyone ever intends for evil god uses for good and so getting to have those conversations and um you know being able to pray with those officers or pray with protesters or, you know, I've seen so many incredible pictures and things of like people who are at the protest peacefully and, and, yeah. and, and, exercising their rights and a hundred percent in the same way, like a hundred percent support. And there's so much garbage that has gone on. Um, and, and I understand that movement and, you know, support that. Um, but I've seen people there to protest link arms and protect police officers. Like just incredible, you know, it just goes back to that idea that whatever is intended for evil, God will always bring some good out of that to show, you know, really the compassion, I think, that he, that is reflective of him in us, right? That his nature that lives in us.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. And I think that, you know that's something that Derek brought to attention. He's like, don't even listen to the media. He's yeah. like, people are peacefully protesting, yeah. and there are people that are just taking advantage of a hurt and a darkness, and they like to just stir up stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, he said we just have to pray. Um, that more good comes out of this than anything else, more division. You know, we, we are praying for a united front in Nashville and, um, he's been on the night shift for seven years. And through this recently, this year, just last month, he, um, got a different position And I think that God's been working on our hearts for a long time, but he is still a police officer, but he is in a community engagement, um, branch where his job is just to go in and love on the community Mm -hmm. and, um, get to help with needs around the community. And I think that, um, it will give him the opportunity to work with churches and, just get to love people and when they're hurting, try to find ways to help them. And I don't think that this branch would have even come from the police department had the division and what they saw happen. And yeah. so, again, it's just God Using it for the good. I mean, a whole unit of police officers, their role now is going to love a community that is hurting and that feels divided and getting to work with churches to bring God into their lives and unite them. And it's huge. It's huge.
1: I love that. That's so good. Um, Well, you talked about your blended family and your bonus sign, which I, I love that. You know, I think that we have a lot of families that that is their story. There's some kind of blended story there. There's two families put together or there's, you know, have kids together, but also have kids um, previously and all of those things. And I know that that can be both challenging, again, and rewarding. Like there's, there's always this, we can hold both, right? We can hold the hard and we can hold the good. And so what has that looked like for you guys in navigating that and, you know, kind of putting all those pieces together.
2: Sure. Um, every situation and every family is different and unique. Um, and I've been in Micah's life since he was two. Um, so I've been around for quite a while and he has a wonderful stepdad and wonderful mom, um, and siblings and everything, um, with his mom and stepdad as well. And Micah goes back and forth week to week. Um, And where we live, our county is actually separated. So he goes to school on one side in a different county than where we live and where Everly goes to school. Yet it's the same town. And so um, it has been hard because he is wonderful and he's unique. And as a stepmom, there's only so much that you can do to do stuff, but not overstep. (laughs) And I always want to make sure that I'm being respectful as a step parent, but I am also a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, (laughs) the Lord blessed us in this, that we are very different, um, than Micah's mom and stepdad. We have different beliefs. We, um, just in everything we do, it's different. You know, we parent one way, they parent another. And so I think during COVID, you know, we have had to be more intentional of going out of our way to make them feel comfortable and make Micah feel comfortable. And, um, you know, cause Micah's 16, he has his own thoughts and views on things mm-hmm. and we want him to have his own thoughts and views. Um, and all we can do is try to guide him Um, the way that the Bible says and how the Lord teaches us and we're going to mess up all the time, (laughs) but um, it's, it's been interesting to see him formulate, you know, his own opinions, having, you know, four parents that are very different and households with different rules and different thoughts on COVID and different just thoughts on everything in general. And so it's been interesting, but, I think it's opened mine in Derek's eyes up to realizing that there's not necessarily a right and wrong way to raise a child. Mm-hmm. But when you have another parent and another family that you consider, you have to consider them too. And you have to change and be willing to, um, bend and change a little bit to make everybody feel comfortable. Um, Because at the end of the day, what matters is that Micah is happy, loved and cared for. And, you know, that we can always point him to the Lord. And so um, a lot of growth has been happening there. I've seen a relationship that was very broken. Mm -hmm. um, That's over the last, you know, few years, um, God has brought closer to where we can really, really sit down and just talk and and have conversations or, you know, um, I wouldn't say we always go out for coffee and do all of those things, but I would say that we can agree to disagree and hold a mutual respect for each other. Mm. And we want Micah to love both houses and love all siblings and get to see everybody as equally as we can. And so, you know, we've just, it's been um, on high regard for Derek and I to, do whatever we can to make that relationship the best that it can be and make it be great for Micah. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, we uh, work in a mega church and we're around people a lot and, you know, they were really, really staying in a lot, Micah's mom and stepdad, and I can respect that, you know, but Derek was out working all the time. And so, you know, just thinking about I want them to feel comfortable. Like when he leaves here knowing, Hey, he hasn't been around all these germs and things like that. But also, you know, we, we still have to work and we still have to do our, our thing. So it's been, it's been an interesting um, year with that. And um, man, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, you said kind of like we can still disagree, but we can still respect each other. Um, yeah. Wow, what a concept for 2020 and 2021 now, right? Um, we can still disagree and still respect each other. And so I think that a blended family is actually the perfect environment for a child to learn that, which I think kids and teenagers are struggling to learn that idea that I can disagree and it's okay. Um, it doesn't devalue or, you know, disvalue the other person. Or their opinions or beliefs and that kind of thing. And we've kind of gotten into this, down this rabbit hole of being very siloed. You're either on one side of the camp or the other. And I think a blended family really creates that environment that says, well, we're different. We might do things differently, but we still respect each other. We still love each other. And at the end of the day, our job is to love you well. And that is really, right? The Christian walk, right? I might disagree with you, but my job is to love you well at the end of the day. And so um, that's just kind of what came to mind as I was listening to you share about how you guys navigate that.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's a challenge every day. It's, um, it's, It's hard every day but at the end of the day, it's wonderful because Micah is such a blessing and he has a strong personality and he is going to be a world changer. And I know that (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's wonderful. And so it's, um, you know, it's interesting because I grew up in a split household and I was like, Oh man, that's, that's never going to be, it's never going to be me. And, um, here it is. It's me. And, and Micah has changed my life for the better in so many ways. And I learn from him and grow from him. And I think that, you know, even though it's not what I thought, it's what God had planned for me. And I'm sure that I've learned stuff from, um, Micah's mom and I, and I hope that she has learned stuff from me and I hope that, you know, he's equipped me to love her too. And that is you know, difficult when you don't always see eye to eye with somebody, or honestly, you don't even know if you guys would hang out, you know, outside of yeah. this, out, you don't even know if you could be friends, but, um, but the Lord is good in that. And he, he always gives us everything we need and he always strengthens us and he always wants us to grow. And so that's an area I think for sure too, during COVID that I would say our communication as a family unit has gotten better. Mm. Um, For both houses. And I feel like, because we're also navigating a 16 year old. Right. So, can we just like pause there for a second? Like, 16 year olds are hard work. Like, they're thinking they're an adult, and yet you still have to guide them. And anything you say, they have an opinion about. So, yeah, that in itself is hard. But I honestly, like, if I'm having a situation that comes up and I'm like, hey, you know, Micah kind of reacted in this way and I didn't really. I'm trying to ask a lot of questions and I'm trying to, you know, cohesively parent in the same way as much as we can when it comes to that. Like, what do you think I should do? How do you, how do you think I should handle this? Or or do you, would you want to talk to him about this? Because this is how it made me feel and it, yeah. it really hurt my feelings and I could use your help.
1: Yeah. But, hey, um, that's not like – what we should, shouldn't be doing on the regular, right? I feel like when you're in a blended family, maybe there's just a little bit more focus on that because this isn't your biological child, right? So you're being more intentional about looping in that biological parent or looping in and say and communicating like, this is how this made me feel. And can we talk through this? And really, that's just awesome parenting. Like, Hey, this happened. This is how this made me feel. I want to loop you in. What do you think? But I think in maybe more of a traditional family setup, you might not get that because you would just be the parent, make the call and move on. Um, And so I think that that's, that's got to help you also in your parenting of Everly that like, you're used to kind of having to talk through some other things and loop people in. And that's sort of just like a common practice.
2: Absolutely, I think if we can get past the any hurts, fears, anything like that that comes with um, split households and you know blended families, I think, I mean, really, you have somebody else that you can talk to your child with, like exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like, yeah. I don't have that with <laughs> Everly, and so getting another woman's opinion on like, hey, what should we do, or you know, as totally. a step here like. Hey, is he doing this with you? Like, are we good? Cause uh, you know, what's, what's happening, you know, just, or good things. And and like he's starting his first job today at the barbecue place and we're probably all going to end up showing up there (laughs) and eating dinner tonight. I love it.
1: I love that. Yeah. To be
2: there for him. And while we might not sit at the same table, you know, we're going to acknowledge and talk and see each other and yeah, you know, be there for his first night on the job.
1: Yeah. So. And I think that that's just the biggest thing I'm hearing, you know, from this part of our conversation is like, if you're in a blended family, like it's about the kid and, yeah. you know, putting aside whatever hurts or hangups may have been there from the past and recognizing that the kid didn't have any part of adult decisions that took place. And right. he's the one who's kind of in the middle. And then the end of the day, loving him well and showing up and him knowing that he's loved and supported. Um, you know, that's that's winning, I think, in that in that situation, you know?
2: Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, it's funny because I've heard so many um blended families say, you know, just until they're eighteen and then we, you know, some of this will go away and we don't have to talk so much. Aww. And I'm my reaction is always, that's not true. We we're Mike is gonna be getting married someday. He's gonna have children someday. Totally. You know, all of these things that I'm experiencing because I have a split household and you know, at the end of the you just have to love each other and you just have to respect each other. And that that doesn't, that doesn't stop when they turn 18. And when people say that, I'm like, no, that's, that's not it. I mean, yeah, he's going to be an adult, considered an adult, but he's still our family. And, and, you know, it's, we're going to be together a lot more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're like considered adult. Let's be real. 18. Mm -hmm. The jury's still out on whether or not that's actually an adult status.
2: (laughs) No, I'm surprised it's still considered 18.
1: (laughs) Right? For real. Um, Well, thanks for sharing all that. I think it's an important topic, and I think that it's not something maybe everybody talks really openly about, but I think, you know, that is a lot of our world has that story, and it can be hard to navigate, but it is okay to talk about. Um, And so I appreciate you diving into that. Sure. So, you know, with working in ministry, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, self-care, but then also like faith and time with God. I feel like that working in ministry, um, and we have family, you know, in ministry, and that you know, you're you're in that culture all the time. You're you're constantly there, and I feel like for me, and I'm speaking for anyone else, but if I feel like for me, if I were in that just all the time, five days a week or six days a week, um, it might be hard for me to also have time for like my personal relationship because I would be doing ministry all the time. And so I wanted to talk about like how you navigate that and prioritize quiet time and what that looks like for you. Um, And just like this, the the self-care and the taking time for mom kind of all of those pieces. Um, So wherever you'd like to start with that.
2: (laughs) That's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. I can see why, you know, you think that and, 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 question it and wonder. It. And honestly, sometimes I wonder it. Like yeah. I, you're right. We are, um, I'm in the word every single day. So part of my position is I get to write scripts for online content, but also for in person. Okay. Um, and that means that I have my nose in the Bible a lot of the time because sure. I'm figuring Bible stories and creative ways to tell children the Bible, because the Bible is living and breathing and we want them to to know the bible but we a way to do that you have to make it fun you have to figure out ways to to grab their attention and, and keep them interested in fun ways to tell the stories yeah. and um so I, i'm in the word a lot just right before this i wrote three scripts and so <laughs> i've been in my bible all day long in the new testament and um i think the way that i am able to do it is i have accountability in my d group my discipleship group we meet once a week and we are on a reading plan and it you know there's a certain book or two that we read and then there's scripture memory as well mm-hmm. and what I have to remember is doing ministry and creating scripts and all of that is wonderful and it's a way that I can still learn from God's word even sure. when I'm doing that But I have to try to think of it as this is my job, and I have to separate it. So this is my job, and then how am I also being fed? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, again, I'm a workhorse, so I can wake up. My kiddo wants to ride the bus, so she'll get on the bus at 6.15. And, you know, a lot of the times our meetings don't happen until 9. So 6.15 to 9, I could go back to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> I could get another cup of coffee and dig into the word a little bit or I could just start working and yeah. a lot of the times naturally I just want to start working um because I'm fresh up I'm awake and some idea has popped in my head but um I've intentionally set time on my calendar from 6:20 to 7:20 every single morning it's in my calendar it's an alarm on my phone and I set that time um with God, yeah. uh, time to read, time to pray, and some people do it
1: get up before their kids. I think you get up before the kiddos, right? I do, and, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. but can we just stop for a sec? You said six fifteen getting on the bus. Yes.
2: Yeah, so her school starts at seven um, fifteen, but um, I think the buses get there around six forty five. But she loves. The bus, like she loves her bus driver. He is wonderful. His name's Mr. Mark. Shout out to Mr. Mark if you're listening. And (laughs) he is the sweetest man. He welcomes her with an, how you doing, Everly? Every single morning. I love that. Uh, When they got masks and kids didn't have one, he had extra masks for the kids just for them. He themes the bus at Christmas time. I mean, like he makes it so fun for the kids that she does not want to miss out on time with Mr. Mark on I that love bus. That. I love that.
1: Um,
2: so yeah, so it is early, but for now she wants to do it. And if she wants to, we're going to let her. Yeah, know? totally. Totally. Um. So, so yeah, so I, I definitely have to actively make sure that um, I can separate the difference between, you know, being in God's word for, work and and for my calling in life and being in the word for personal growth mm. um and yeah there were seasons during COVID I was like oh man I didn't read today oh man I didn't read today and then there was like four days a four-day span I was in a terrible mood everything was happening with police officers and with Derek I mean I was in a bad place and then it hit me I have not read yeah. for me yeah
1: yeah
2: and I can tell a difference. I can tell a difference in my reaction in my thought process and how I'm reacting mm-hmm. instead of responding. You know, I'm reacting totally. on emotion Yeah. and I'm tired. All, just all the things. And it's like, God's word just fills us up so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How can I miss out on that time? Yeah. And so, um, that's really how, and I do well with accountability. I like people, um, you know, cor- corralling with me and learning together and challenging each other. And so that's definitely how it, it, that's how I get in my time and that's how it helps me. And then, um, I think you had a second part, but I honestly can't remember what the second part of the question
1: It's all was. good. It's all good. I, I tend to ask like seven questions in one question. And so I can't imagine why you can't keep track of that. <laughs> I just keep talking. Um, No, I, you know, a couple things that you said in there I think are so good is that um, it's not easy to carve out the time, but we do have to do just that, carve out the time. And so if you're a person of faith and that looks like scripture reading and prayer time, if you journal or you have gratitude practice, whatever it is, it could even be, you know, just a quiet, just a quiet time. Some people, meditation, whatever it is, you know, for me, it's faith. And so for me, that looks like spending time in the Word every morning, prayer time, and taking time for gratitude. And I really feel like, you know, you were talking about like I'd been out of the Word for a couple of days and I was like crabby in my responses. You think about if we didn't eat food for a right. day, right? we would be hangry, you know, we would be low energy, we'd have a bad attitude, we would feel lethargic, all of that. And honestly, for me, um, I feel the same with spiritual food, right? When I get out of that and I haven't fueled my heart and my soul and my mind with that kind of good stuff, then it affects everything in my day. I, I am just not as good. And so I think, it had. We have to recognize that, like that's probably the easiest thing to cut right out of our day. Like if we're stressed or kids wake us up at five a.m., like my kids did this morning. That's like the easiest thing to be like, "Well, I just I don't have time," yeah. and that's what you need the most to prepare you to handle even a more difficult day. You know,
2: absolutely. And the thing is, is that. You know, over and over again, I, I tell kids, God created you. God created you in his image. He created you uniquely and wonderfully. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. Yeah. And I need to tell myself that. Like, yes. God made me. He created me. And yeah. I am important. Yeah. And I need to spend time on things that. Well, enhance me. Like God doesn't want us to just stay the same. God wants us to grow and whatever that is. Right. And if that means you want to lose weight and Nadia, you look awesome. (laughs) Um, If you want to lose weight, then do it. Like you are important. And the time is worth spending on yourself because you are important in God's eyes. And that to me is so, it's so important. And I think as women, we can feel so guilty and thinking Mm -hmm. about ourselves because, you know, we're doers and we want to fix things and we want to be there for our kids and and do all of the things. And, you know, it's just, we have to make that time to make ourselves a priority. And because we're a priority to God.
1: Absolutely. I I love that. I literally just posted this week that when we are called to love, it doesn't exempt us from our own love, right? Like, doesn't mean love everyone else and deny Nadia everything, right? right? Like, God loves me, created me. I am his creation and I need to treat myself as such and look in the mirror and see myself the way I was created and not this negative self-talk and detrimental, you know, thinking process. So I love that. I love that you said that.
2: That's it. Exactly. And man, it's just so encouraging to be able to just spend some time with you and just, you know, iron sharpens iron, totally. and I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately, mm-hmm. but um, it does, and and it is important. I just want to say, it is important women to find community. It yes. is important to surround yourself with women that encourage you, challenge you. Mm-hmm. Um, make you want to be better, but it is important to make time for yourself and to make time in finding community because we need each other. It takes a village. And, um, without my village this year, (laughs) I wouldn't be the same person that I am today. And it is important. And whatever that looks like, if that means that's a podcast or zoom call or, getting out and doing something during a COVID season, whatever that looks like, make time to find your people Mm -hmm. and the people that bring you joy because we
1: need each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. Sometimes you just need to sit with a mom and cry. Sometimes you just need to be told you are not crazy. You are doing everything you can and so if if nobody's told you that today and you are listening you are not crazy. You are doing the best you can. You are a good mom. Be proud of yourself. God loves you. You guys have got this, and it's going to be okay. And and sometimes we just need to hear that. And and coming from another mama who is just in the ring with you, you know, battling through tough chapters and tough stages, it just means something coming from those people, even more so than a, maybe a spouse or your own parent. Having a fellow person who's in that chapter to be able to afford firm um, is so, so important. And then you can do the same for them, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I would just say, spend 10 more minutes with me and I'll guarantee you that I'm a little crazier.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, Amanda, this has been awesome, um, as I knew it would be. Before we wrap up, um, if you had any advice for just moms navigating this season, who might be listening and you know just struggling, and just that word "hard" just keeps coming back. This is hard. Um, what okay. would you say to her?
2: I would just say, lean into the Lord. Um, and if that's something that you don't understand what that means, and it frustrates you when people say that, open your Bible and let God speak to you. Mm. Pray to Him. There's no right or wrong thing to say. Um, and you'll feel better because he's always listening. Totally. And I would say, give yourself grace mm-hmm. and you are enough. You matter. And everything that you bring to the table every single day is exactly what you're supposed to bring. Mm-hmm. And God equips us with everything that we need and just be you, be proud of who you are and um you're loved you are a loved person and god loves you and just it's gonna be okay there's grace there's beauty and there's just people around you that can probably encompass you just be real with them be vulnerable don't be scared to say what you think respectfully and um just always show
1: love i love that Well, thank you for spending some time. I love that every week I get to spend time with a mama talking about real life, real things, hard things, crying. Thank God we can buy tissue paper again because (laughs) for a while there, it was a little hard. So, uh, well, thank you for joining me today, Amanda. This was great. Thanks,
0: girl. Wow didn't you just love that? I love when moms are not embarrassed or tell me to edit out tears or emotion or the hard things because that's real life and real life doesn't always get packaged up in shiny paper and a big old bow. Um, It's hard and it's messy and it's complicated and it's It's life, and we're dealing with imperfect humans in life, and so life is going to be really imperfect. But I love what Amanda said about just navigating the year and giving yourself a lot of grace um, because there's just no, there's no book on how to do what we have done in the last 12 months. So I hope today was encouraging for you. Um, Hopefully you had some tissues nearby because I know I needed them. Um, But I wish for you this week time for you, um, self-care, which is not selfish in case you needed that reminder today, and I just wish for you time to pursue life the way you want to, time to consider what brings you joy, time to think about what's important to you. If this episode was helpful, would you go leave a review um, or give us some stars or thumbs up or whatever your podcast app has for you to give, that would be great. I really appreciate it. And it helps other moms find us out there on the interwebs. As always, it's been my delight to spend this time with you. And as always, I thank you for joining me on this episode of the memoirs from the minivan podcast.